Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes. We're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Why does he look so sad? He just like won by like four nil. Yeah, it's Jose Mourinho we're talking about, the man you coach. He's just a curmudgeon. I hate him. He's my least liked manager in the league. I hate him. Oh, geez. Okay, what did he do to you? Nothing. Oh, okay. That's cool then, yeah. <laughs> I I can't I can't stand Jose Mourinho. He's he's such a douche. But uh, look, at least their team was good today. Man, you beat West Ham four 0 if you care. He uh, looks like you, he pays for female attention. <laughs> you you think he does, or it, it looks, looks like, like he does? does. Uh, I don't know. There's a there's a funny video of he. This was during one of his contentious seasons at Chelsea, which is where he was before here. A fan was walking down the street videotaping him, and he turns around and punches the phone out of his hand. It was a pretty funny video because the guy's like he he's visibly upset on the phone, like who, Mourinho is on the phone talking to someone and he turns around and just like punches the phone out of his hand. It was pretty funny. Um, if you missed it in the first hour, we are once again doing uh, for the third time the Dirt and Sprague annual fantasy football party, which this year will be a Punch Bowl social at Pioneer Square Mall on August twenty third. That is uh, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday uh, coming up. Uh, at 6 p.m. So if you'd like to be in our fantasy football leagues again this year or for the first time, uh, text on the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305, your full name as well as your email. We'll add you to the list, and we will send out invites to the leagues when we fill them up. And uh, you got to make sure you come to the draft. you got to come to the actual draft, which is, again, 6 o'clock, August 23rd at Punchbowl Social. We'll draft together. You can meet us. You'll meet Dirt and Sprague and Crawford and other and Swag and other people down there from the fan uh, who are all doing fantasy football leagues for this event. It's a great time. Come have some food, have a drink, and uh, hang out with us and have a nice little... And we'll do a full year of fantasy football. <laughs> and we'll talk about it on the air, too. So you'll get to be a part of that. So if you'd like to do it with us, text again your name and uh, your email to the Bridgeport Beers text line, and we will add you to the list and get you an invite out as soon as we can. We do our divisional previews here in the month of August as we are getting up into the NFL season very shortly. Today, we will do the NFC South. And today, I'd like to start with the... Super Bowl runner-up Atlanta Falcons. Now, the main talking point about the Falcons this year is that teams that lose the way that they did 
in a Super Bowl, have a Super Bowl hangover, and do not play quite as well the following year. And I get it. I get that point. I get that hot take. But my hot take is that I honestly don't think that Atlanta is going to have that much of a hangover. I look at the Atlanta Falcons roster, and I look at a very, very good team. Now, were they the best team in the NFC last year during the season? No, they weren't. Uh, they had some iffy games. You know, we, we've talked about it before. Julio Jones would go silent for a couple of weeks here and there. But I look at them as a very, very good team. I look at a defense last year that was incredibly young that everybody talked about as being bad that improved immensely throughout the year and actually played really well in the playoffs until the second half of the Super Bowl. Um, so that's another year of an improving young defense. It may not work, but they added Dontari Poe from Kansas City. Uh, if he gets hurt or if he's not the same player, then, you know, it's a low-risk situation because he's a guy who uh, who used to be really, really good in the center in Kansas City. And I, I don't know. I just I don't, I don't really think they're going to have that much of a fall-off. I really don't. No, I think Atlanta will be, <clears throat> excuse me, I think Atlanta will be just fine uh, moving to the season. Uh, the one thing that we're always so used to them doing, at least over the past few seasons, is Atlanta will start hot. They'll start six and zero, oh, you know, five and one, six and you know, six and two or something like that, and then there's just a fall off and they can't figure it out. Last year was the first year uh, since they went to the Super or to the uh, NFC Championship back in I want to say 2011 or so that they were actually really good, you know, through the entire season. They were able to maintain uh, some of that momentum throughout the year. You know, we see a lot of teams start start hot and then just kind of fizzle, you know, through midway through the season. And that's really been the story of the Atlanta Falcons, except for last year, uh, Julio Jones really established himself. If we, and we already knew, but I think he really established himself as the best, if not, if not one of the best two receivers in the NFL. I still think he's two, but yeah, that's a different thing. Um, Muhammad Sanu kind of had moments last year where he was non-existent, but then when he did show up, he would show up big. And I think it's tough when you're coming from a team where you were once the fourth uh, receiver on the team to all of a sudden going to the second best receiver on a team that has uh, a dude who's basically the the new Megatron on the other side and Julio Jones. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at Atlanta. I'm looking at the returning MVP, Matt Ryan, and saying, well, why the hell can't they get back to the Super Bowl or at least get back to the playoffs and make a kind of a deep run? I just – I. I agree with you. I really do. Um, the NFC is is good. It's confusing. You're not really sure who the best teams are, but it's good. It could be a number of teams, though. Right. I mean, yeah. it, it could be the Seahawks. It could be the Packers. It could be the Giants, the Cowboys. But the Falcons should be a team that's considered in that race as well. I really do believe so. And now that Devontae Freeman signed his long-term deal, I know that maybe some people think that might take the edge away from a player if he's playing for a contract, but he's stable now. He's got a, he's got a long-term deal that he'll stay there, and he was – otherworldly last year yeah and we talked about it earlier that it was going to be him and tevin coleman splitting carries and it was going to be a committee and Devontae freeman basically said screw that this is my job this is my team just, just, dude averaged nine yards a catch last year yeah like i mean that's that's almost unheard of and so pretty much throw him the ball and he's going to get you a first down for the most part like that's almost unheard of and it's not that the nfc uh south is a weak division but actually very good it's not great the falcons could certainly run through those couple of teams and uh those teams like uh, Tampa Bay, who might be good, but you know could also be beatable, or New Orleans, who had a rough year last year for a while. Uh, you know those are teams that they could very easily beat 
and use that to kind of propel them into the playoffs. So Falcons are, are a team that's interesting, but I don't think they're going to have a fall off quite as much. The Bucks are another team that's really, really unique to me because if you watched Hard Knocks, there's all this high praise about how Tampa is going to be a much better team this year. You talked about it during the last segment. Adding Deshaun Jackson as your number two wide receiver is, is kind of game-changing for them. And that's kind of where I want to focus because their team is fairly similar to how it was last year. There's the questions at the running back position. Doug Martin might miss the first few games. They're curious if Jaquiz Rogers might steal the job from him altogether, former Beef. But um, I want to look at Deshaun Jackson because when we've looked at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offenses recently, we've seen inconsistencies at the wide receiver position. Mike Evans has been a beast, right? He's their best receiver by far. But Vincent Jackson hasn't stayed healthy on the other side. And that used to be a one-two pair that we looked at and went, whoa, mm -hmm. what a great receiving core. But they were also very same words, very similar receivers. Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson were big-bodied guys, not exactly the fastest guys, and they were kind of the same. Deshaun Jackson is the exact foil to Mike Evans that I think will make this offense go an extra step in clicking. It's He's the deep threat speedster who can also, you know, run quickly across the middle where Mike Evans will always be the Julio Jones type of guy who will just throw it up and he'll catch it. And it's good to have contrasting styles in that situation when you have a quarterback like Winston who likes to sling it around a little bit. I'm, I'm really excited to see what this offense is able to do. Um, we, we've been talking a lot about the the great receiver duos and or, or tandems or whatever we want to call them in the NFL. You look at New England and all the guys they have there, and you add up a, 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 what's the receiver? Uh, Brandon um, just got to New England. I'm sorry, from – Oh, Brandon Cooks. Right now. Brandon Cooks, yeah. thank you. I'm spacing right now. Thank you. Um, you, you. We talked a lot about them and Gronkowski, and we've been talking a lot about the, the Giants and the addition of uh, Brandon Marshall. This is the one thing that's kind of been swept under the rug. Like, nobody's really made a big fuss about Deshaun Jackson going to the Buccaneers, and I'm trying to figure out why. Because Deshaun Jackson is still incredibly good. You know, you look at what he was able to do, you know, for his little bit in, in Washington. Deshaun Jackson had a great season in Washington last year. And so you add you add him to this offense that already has Mike Evans, who is probably the best-kept secret in the NFL. You don't know about him a lot because there's there's not a lot of Monday Night Football games for the Buccaneers or for uh, or or a lot of Sunday primetime games that we see the Buccaneers in. But Mike Evans, make no mistake about it, he's a top five receiver in the NFL. Absolutely. He is definitely a top five receiver. You look at what he's able to do, you look at his six five frame and the fact that he looks like Gronkowski, but he plays the wideout position, like he is a mismatch. And it's we're seeing a lot of these big receivers like that. But then you throw in a speecher like Deshaun Jackson's gonna be able to beat you deep. Jameis, you know, and, and, and Jameis, who's a really accurate quarterback, is going to have a field day with these two dudes. Uh, all right, so coming up next, we will talk about the Saints and the Panthers, two disappointing teams from last year, Panthers much more so. Is Cam Newton ever going to get back to that level that he was at two years ago, MVP season, bringing them to the Super Bowl? Or was that more of a fluke and the oft-injured, oft-poor decision-maker quarterback that we've seen most of his career is actually who cam newton is uh, we will talk about that plus the saints next here on sports sunday on the fan weekend sports with a difference this is sports sunday with mike and rashad on 1080 the fan
1019 here on Sports Sunday on the Fin, doing our NFC South preview here as we continue our divisional previews. I'm looking for the PGA Championship, which is on TV right now. So. Well, there's professional bull riding. Oh, it starts at 11? Oh, I don't want to watch professional bull riding. If they were ladies doing riding the bull, would you watch it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's sexist. Is it, though? Yeah. I'd rather watch the ladies. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's sexist, man. What's wrong? Watch well, the fine. I'm putting bull riding on, okay? Are you are you happy? I just think it's. I mean, uh, number one, the and this is no. I know we have a huge rodeo community here in in Oregon, so I don't want to say anything that's gonna be construed as disrespectful. You can say you don't like it. No, I'm not gonna say I don't like it. I just think you, that there takes a lot of balls, or maybe lack thereof, to get on one of those bulls and have it jerk you around, and and I don't know. But now these guys wear masks and stuff. Now, oh, this isn't fun. Whoa. You should just have cowboy hats on. That's not fun. Two seconds. Yeah, that's how long do you honestly think you could ride a bull? Oh, point two seconds. I would fly off instantly. Yeah, because I would have no idea what I was getting myself into. I would look at it and be like, oh, I mean, I could hold on. Maybe is this guy wearing a leather flak jacket? This is a professional bull rider, I assume. And within a second, I mean, two point five, but it looked like within a second of him leaving the gate. He was he was lost. No. He was just he was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna lose it, and it was bad. So yeah, I I, I there's no way point two okay. at most. Yeah, like the second the gate opens, I'm left in the cage and he's bucking outside. Yeah, that's what happened. I, I would just fall off the bull immediately. I don't get on, fam. Don't worry about it. Uh, so the NFC South preview continues. Let's start with the Panthers because I think they're a more interesting team than the Saints, honestly, and they're interesting to me because of Cam Newton. The Panthers aren't really that bad of a team, right? Their defense is supposed to be good. It wasn't very good last year. Kind of had a weird down year. But, you know, you've got Kelvin Benjamin, who looked fat in training camp. You have Cam or Greg Olson, I mean. You've got uh, Jonathan Stewart. You drafted Christian McCaffrey, who's looked good so far in training camp. Uh, and you got Cam Newton. And Cam Newton, in his career, if you look at it kind of in a broad view, has been an average quarterback. He's... In a broad view, in a broad view. He's made a lot of mistakes. He throws a lot of interceptions. Um, but he's had, obviously, his MVP year was mind-blowingly good. 35 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions, uh, 3,800 yards passing. And he also had rushing touchdowns that year, which I'm looking for 10. 10 rushing touchdowns in his MVP season. Last year, though, 19 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. The year before that, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, two years before that, 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He did have a year in 2013, 24 touchdowns, but 13 picks. He is an average quarterback who gets hurt a lot because he runs the ball a lot, and he's not necessarily protected by the referees, which could be an entire another segment. But is Cam Newton the MVP that we saw two years ago? Did he just have a down year last year, or was the MVP year for Cam Newton just a complete fluke? Yes, he, it was not a complete fluke. Yes, this Cam Newton can return to MVP form. Um, you know, mind you, when you when when you lose your best receiver, much like Kelvin Benjamin was, uh, I think it's a little bit. Some people think it's harder, but it's a little bit easier in times. You look at what Matt Stafford was able to do this past year in Detroit, and he had a phenomenal season, probably the best season of his career. Why? Because I don't think he was as uh, mindful of trying to get the ball to one person, trying to get the ball to Megatron. Make sure you do everything you can to get the ball to Kelvin Benjamin because he's such a playmaker. He was able to spread the ball out to receivers who, you know, 
by our accounts, we talk about this all the time, couldn't get open. You know, receivers that weren't very good. And Cam Newton really made those guys stars that year. I think having Kelvin Benjamin back, he tried to force a whole lot of stuff. And also, when teams kind of know your game plan, they know that you like to run the ball, especially when your receivers are locked up, uh, it, it makes you incredibly predictable. The run game also wasn't what, what it was the year that Carolina went all the way to the Super Bowl and went 15-1. and one. So there was a, the defense was nowhere near as good as it was when they went 15-1. and one. So I think we – and it's the quarterback. You know, the quarterback is going to take all the blame. He's the front man of the band. So he's going to take all the blame when the performance isn't great. And truth is, man, Cam didn't play well last year, but nothing on Carolina's team went well last year. The defense was terrible. Uh, I think Keekley lost left lost some time with injury uh, last year. Uh, Ron Rivera just at points showed that he was just an inept, you know, coach at, at certain points. He couldn't really do a great job of game planning sometimes. So I think this team hinges on Cam Newton. If he plays phenomenal, then Carolina is going to be fine. But if he can't figure out a way to to really get the ball rolling, then they're going to struggle because they don't have a backup plan, not named Cam Newton. Uh, that bull rider just lasted for like seven seconds. That was pretty awesome watching it. <laughs> I guess that was good because they're freaking out about it. So I haven't been to an actual rodeo in uh, at Reliant Stadium in Houston. Uh, it's it's intense. Like, I mean, make no mistake about it. There's some definite skill that goes into that. Just I'm not going to be the jackass that gets kicked in the face by the <laughs> by the bull when it throws me off. Well, I'd rather be the rider than the clown who has to go like take care of him. A little rodeo clown that like, runs out there and no I think way. we'd all rather be riders than clowns, Lynch. Yeah, I think so. Uh the final team in the NFC South. Sorry, I just got distracted. <sighs> that was a long time. I got distracted by his seven whatever seconds. Um the last team is the Saints. The Saints, man, they're a weird team, aren't they? <sighs> the Saints feel like they're stuck. Partially they are because they have a lot of bad contracts and they can't really afford to do anything. But also, I feel like the Saints are stuck with this offense that is supposed to be electric and good and get them going, but they've been stuck with a mediocre defense for years, and they're kind of in a weird spot now where they're trying to get a running game back because they added Adrian Peterson. If you forgot, he's now a New Orleans Saint. They still have Mark Ingram there. Uh, they drafted running back Alvin Kamara this year as well. So it's almost like it, it feels like they understand Drew Brees is about done. They almost understand that Drew Brees is, well, old. <laughs> and that he can't throw the ball quite as well. He can't throw it quite as far. And the more he gets hit, the more nervous that they're going to get that it's going to be Chase Daniels' time, or I guess Garrett Grayson's time, local kid, by the way, uh, in New Orleans. And to me, that's, that's not exactly a great place to be where you're not fully sure what your offense is going to do. Because Sean Payton is supposed to run this pass-heavy offense that has you know all these receivers who aren't necessarily big names but the guys who get open all the time and are and are always kind of in the end zone and they're kind of in this in between and I, I don't think that's a recipe for success um it, it almost kind of feels like at least for me like the saints were trying to be bad past couple years like i mean you, you gave away jimmy graham who was at one point considered well by a lot of people not me but considered the best tight end in football you know you you let him go um, then you go ahead and give away Brandon Cooks for basically nothing to the to the Patriots for what? And you did go ahead and inherit an Adrian Peterson, but you got an older Adrian Peterson. And you got a possibly pass his Yeah, and, and as it stands, Mark Ingram is on uh, is is above him on the depth chart. So I'm not sure what what they're doing in New Orleans. Like you said, they're the they're the most confusing team in the NFC South because I think there's this. 
there's this like overall notion that they could be good, but then they start playing. You're like, yeah, they're just not. Drew Brees is going to throw 5,000 yards. That's the one good thing you know that's going to come from New Orleans this year. Doesn't matter who all these bum receivers are. He's going to figure out a way to throw for 5,000 yards. But outside of that, they, they're going to have six, seven wins this year. Maybe not even six. Maybe they, five. They feel like the worst team in the division to me. Absolutely. And that – I just – I look at the offense and I think it's good. How does Sean Payton still have a job? Well, because he's Sean Payton. Him and Drew Brees go together like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, they don't they don't really separate. They don't want to separate the two of them. Oh, but you're right. I, I thought that Payton might have gotten fired. Or, you know, Brees would have retired or walked away or something like that. But they've got good op, good offensive players. They do. Uh, Michael Thomas, remember last year was great. Willie Sneed's been good. Last year wasn't as good, but he's been good. Uh, Brandon Coleman was good last year. They, they signed Ted Ginn Jr. this year for more skinny speed receivers, I guess. Uh, you know, you got Colby Fleener at tight end. We talked about the running backs already. I mean, it's a good offense. It's the defense. That's I think, really yeah, their defense just can't hold anybody. And that's been really the story of of the Saints um, franchise, you know, really <laughs> forever. You know, they got lucky in that Super Bowl with that onside kick at the beginning of the third quarter. I think people kind of forget about that. But if they don't get that onside kick right there, I don't know if New Orleans really gets the ball kind of rolling the way they did and even when beat the, beat the Colts in that game. Uh, all right, so that's the NFC South preview. Next week, we'll move on to the North. Uh, we'll do the AFC North next week. Uh, the Steelers, of course, the probably the only team in the AFC that people think could contest the Patriots this year. So we'll talk about them as well as the forever rebuild of the Browns, the Bengals, who have seemed to have missed their window with Andy Dalton and the good offensive players they how does have. Marvin, how does he still have a job? Well, he shouldn't have a job. Wow. He shouldn't Marvin have a job Lewis, at why all. Why does he still have a job? And the Ravens, who who I'm I'm not kidding, have had the worst preseason injury luck that I think I have ever seen. They've had like five guys go down with season-ending injuries in the first two weeks of preseason. It's insane. Uh, and also Joe Flacco's hurt, and he should be back, but he's dealing with the back injuries, which you know is never good. So lots of interesting teams there. We'll talk about that next week, 10 and 10 and 15. Uh, but coming up next, we will do Hate It or Love It. I got to break the three-game, three-week losing streak. Uh, but first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I don't think we get HBO. Nope, we don't. Uh, I was trying. Hard Knocks is on, and I was yeah, trying to put it on for us sucks. to watch. Insecure is on too. That's an awesome show. We do not get HBO though, so I'm gonna go. I turned off bull riding. I'm sorry, I couldn't do it. That's fine. I, I was I was joking. You didn't actually have to turn to bull riding. Well, there was nothing else on. I could watch Liga MX. It's the Mexican league. Yeah, why not? It's more soccer. Yeah, let's watch. It's Univision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to hear it. I, I don't know what they're saying anyway, so it's fine. Uh, so this is Hater to Love It. We do it every single week at 1030. Uh, it's a competition. It's very competitive. Jesse will award us points or deduct us points. Deduce? Deduct? Deduct? Yeah. Deduct us points when we make stupid points or make good points. And at the end, the winner who has the most points will get to host the final segment of the show. And uh, Rashad's in a three-week winning streak, and I will hopefully... Yes, hold up those three fingers, Rashad. I will hopefully win this week. I'm not sounding very confident. Rashad's been awesome the last few weeks. He's been passionate. So let's go, Jesse. Let's get started. All right. Uh, well, uh, interesting week this week. We have um, uh, Watkins traded to the Rams. Uh, a team offered a second-round pick for A.J. McCarron. Jake Cutler 
in Miami now. But first, let's look at the Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook. Now, they went out and uh, picked up Dalvin Cook, so I think one of the better um, running backs in the draft. Really kind of have been anemic at that position without Adrian Peterson being the guy the last couple of years. So they went out and got Dalvin Cook, electric guy out of Florida State. Love or hate, Dalvin Cook will be the offensive rookie of the year this season. Ooh, who's going first? Do we decide? I think you're going first. Me? Yeah. Um, that's really tough to, to consider this early, but I actually, I'm going to go love. I really am. I think Dalvin Cook was a super, super smart pick by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they also signed Latavius Murray, don't forget, from the from the Raiders as a free agent. So he could compete with Dalvin Cook, but from everything I've heard is Dalvin Cook is a incredible player in training camp so far. We saw what he could do at Florida State, and we already saw now that Leonard Fournette has an injury in training camp for the Jaguars, and he might not exactly be as good as people expected either. I really think that the Vikings need a running game to keep that offense going as well. So Dalvin Cook's going to be used a lot in Minnesota because Sam Bradford's not exactly a quarterback that you trust. And the passing game is can be good, but, it, you know, it's Sam Bradford. It's it's hard to trust that kind of a guy as a guy that's going to lead you to the promised land. I really – and you look at you look at guys who come into the league uh, from, from college. My first thing when they're rookies is I look at where they played and who they played. And Dalvin Cook at Florida State has played some of the best teams in college every single year. They've made it into the college football playoff. They made it to the national championship game. And he has been on the big stage multiple times. Leonard Fournette, on the other hand, got hurt, didn't play his entire uh, season at LSU. And frankly, LSU hasn't been quite as good the last few years. I think there's a lot to be said for a guy who's a rookie who helped lead his team in college to be a great team. Now, I know it doesn't always translate, but I think with a guy like Dalvin Cook, it will. And I think with a Minnesota actually has a pretty decent offensive line right now. I think he'll actually have a really good year. So, yeah, love. He'll be rookie of the year. Uh, I'm going to hate that he's going to be rookie of the year. Um, I, I will, however, say he's going to be better than Jarek McKinnon was at the running back position for Minnesota this year. And then you look at the fact that Bishop Sankey is going to be his his backup. And I can't remember who gonna, who's going to be the backup behind that. But look for him to get a lot of touches with, you know, uh, with especially, like you said, Sam Bradford not being the best quarterback in the world. They're definitely going to go to him. I think the offensive rookie of the year is going to be one of the quarterbacks coming out, uh, particularly Deshaun Jack or Deshaun Watson. I look at what he has on his team and the fact that they're going to ask him to throw the ball, especially when you have a guy uh, like DeAndre Hopkins on one side and then you have a running back like Lamar Miller, who still people kind of forget that he's even on the Texans. I just And also, I think you look at that defense and the fact that that defense is going to win Deshaun Watson some games. And the fact that I think you're going to look at the fact that People are going to look at who won the games and how many games you actually got for your team. It's going to look back to – I look back at Ben Roethlisberger during his rookie year, the fact that he was just a, a steady game manager for the most part, and he led his defense and he led his running backs and all those guys do a lot of the work for him. If he is just any more than competent, I think Deshaun Watson is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year because he's not going to have to do as much. I, um, if you're going to be the running back for the Minnesota Vikings right now, unfortunately, the 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 bulk of the of the work is going to lay on on your shoulders, and you don't have anybody that's really going to be able to back you up and do anything more. You don't have stud receivers like that. Uh, you you have an okay to 
you know, middle of the road offensive line. You have a defense that may be great, but also may be terrible. We saw them at times last year that were shut down. Saw them at times, other, other times they were absolutely, you know, pedestrian. So I'm looking at a guy who's going to have to do a bulk of the work. And is he Adrian Peterson? Not really. AP spent his entire career in Minnesota doing all the work for them and with very little results. And so now I look at a guy in Dalvin Cook who's a little smaller than AP, but definitely skilled. But I don't think he's going to be offensive. All right. Um, moving on. Sammy Watkins was traded from the Buffalo Bills to the L.A. Rams. That's going to be hard for me to remember L.A. Rams all the time. I fi- I've already said say. St. Louis this week like five times. Uh, weird I say. mean, I know when I was young, they were the L.A. Rams, but they've just been St. Louis for so long. Um, with that being said. You also can't just say L.A. because it could also mean the Chargers, the Chargers. Chargers. which exactly. is also confusing. Exactly. It's just making my life so much more difficult. Um, First world problems. Watkins traded to the Rams. Now, Buffalo traded a lot to get Watkins. I, I believe they traded basically four um, picks to move up a couple spots in the draft, pick up Watkins. And now in his uh, the final year of his rookie deal, they, they traded him. Love or hate, a few seasons down the road, we'll, we'll say two, the Buffalo Bills will regret trading Sammy Watkins. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Sammy Watkins has been a gigantic headache for the Buffalo Bills since he got there, mostly due to injury, mostly due to his frequent foot injury. Remember, he missed, I want to say, half the year with a, it was a Liz Frank or a fractured foot, and then it got re-aggravated again last year. And he's also, personality-wise, he's a little bit of a selfish player. He's a guy who demands the ball, but hasn't actually proven that he, that he should demand the ball. Um, he's also going to a team in Los Angeles with the Rams that, I'm sorry, Jared Goff is not better than Tyrod Taylor. As much as what you want to say about Tyrod Taylor, Jared Goff sucks. And adding Sammy Watkins is is good for the Rams because he's better than what they have. But are we sure he's going to re-sign with L.A. once he's done? With his rookie deal, you're right. This is his last con- last year in his contract, his rookie deal. There's no chance. There's no solidified reason to believe he's going to stay with the, with the Rams. Um, is it good? There's kind of two different ways I'm looking at it. Is it good for the Rams? Absolutely. Is it good for Sammy Watkins? No, because he's going to the worst team in the NFC West. And, uh, well, I guess you could argue the Niners, but he's, in my opinion, he's, they're worse than the Niners right now. And I just don't think he's that good right now. I think the injuries and the selfishness and all of that's going to cause him to have a typically mediocre career for a, a injured wide receiver who's young. He got put in a bad situation in Buffalo, but it's not going to get any better. So I'm hating or loving what now? Uh, whether the Buffalo Bills would regret trading oh, Sammy Watkins. You know, I, love, I love that. I love that. Sammy Watkins has all the makings of a, of a really good receiver. You can't help the fact that he's been hurt. Uh, first year came in the league, six touchdowns. Uh, the second year he, he was in the league and he played 13 games. He had nine touchdowns and over 1,000 yards in 13 games. So if he's healthy, he is as good a receiver as you're going to find. And then you look at what they have um, right now for the Rams. Everything that I've read, you know, and mind you, I've been reading a lot of uh, what certain teams are doing uh, in their offseason and at, at camp and things. And uh, what's the guy's name? Um, T- uh, Connor, Connor uh, uh, Cooper Cup. From everything I've heard. Eastern he, Washington. 
Yeah, he and uh, Goff have been on the same page. They've been lighting it up in practice. Cooper Cup has been exactly what, what Jared Goff needs, which is a solid receiver. And then, oh, yeah, you throw in a guy like Sammy Watkins, who, again, who has all the makings of a great receiver. He was taking him, was it third, fourth overall in the draft a few years ago? So they expect him to be a superstar. The Bills are a terrible organization. They just they they can't figure out which way is up from the hiring of Rex Ryan to going out and and letting go of Stephon Gilmore and everything that the Bills have done. They've shown nothing but ineptitude. So I don't think they've done anything that shows me that they've they made the right decision here. So I think they are are the uh, the Rams are going to be better off for it. I think the Bills are going to be kicking themselves in the butt because they just let go of what could be a really great receiver. Tio wasn't great in his first year, maybe his first couple of years. It took him a minute to kind of get things going. How many times do you think announcers are going to call him Copper Cup uh, <laughs> instead of Cooper Cup? Oh, man, quite often. Quite often. But I, hey, I, I'm actually, I'll say this. I'm happy. I'm thrilled that he's playing well so far because he was so much fun to watch torch the Oregon defense Absolutely. in that game. Did you remember a kid named Kendrick Bourne who also went to Eastern Washington, who also had, I think, three touchdowns against Oregon in that game that they played? He actually played in his preseason game, had 84 yards and a touchdown on four catches. So the Eastern Washington receivers are really freaking good. People should start looking at them more often. I, I think well, now you Bo Ballin's in Cal, so watch out for Cal wide receivers. You, you, you could see a, a Wes Welker type um, player out of Cooper Cup, but Absolutely. he's bigger than Wes Welker. Yeah. He's, a, he's a big guy, Absolutely. which kind of he, he's he's more quick than he's fast, and that's what Welker is. That's true. Um, all right, uh, you, you guys. Just so you know, you're only separated by one point. Um, it came out earlier this week that a team offered a second round pick for AJ McCarron, and the Cincinnati Bengals rejected the offer. Now the Bengals selected. AJ McCarron in the fifth round. So it definitely would have been a good investment as far as upgrading a draft pick at some point in time. Love or hate the red rifle, Andy Dalton is on the hot seat in Cincinnati. Oh, I love, 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 love. Andy Dalton's on the hot seat. Uh, Marvin Lewis has been on the hot seat for six years and he hasn't been fired, which doesn't make any sense. But um, he's definitely on the hot seat. He is a quarterback who, and I talked about it when I was previewing the AFC North. In my mind, the Bengals have missed their window. In my mind, the Bengals have missed their Andy Dalton window. Um, Andy Dalton is a good NFL quarterback. If you are a team in the NFL and you are in desperate need of a quarterback, which there are a couple, you would be hard-pressed to do better than a guy like Andy Dalton in terms of being an affordable guy to get. But Andy Dalton is on the hot seat because the Bengals last year were atrocious now some of that had to do with injuries they had a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball remember aj green got hurt for a large por portion of the season uh, running backs both got hurt jeremy hill and giovanni bernard at one point during last year but uh andy dalton's never been good enough to keep his job for sure now the last two years he's only thrown a combined 15 interceptions which is much better than his first four years where he threw over 15 three times uh, in a season but when you watch the Bengals last year, you kind of got used to this kind of gunslinger mentality from Andy Dalton, didn't you? He would throw the ball deep downfield. He would move around the pocket a lot. Last year, I felt like he was a little bit tentative. Last year, I felt like Andy Dalton was kind of losing a little bit of his mojo. And some of that, I think, could be attributed to the fact that he maybe lost some trust in, in Marvin Lewis. And the other part is all of their coordinators have gone on to take head coaching jobs. All of their coordinators are gone. Those were the, those were the guys who kind of made the team good. And... 
you had you had who Jay Gruden was there, right? And you had Mike Zimmer there, who's now the Vikings head coach. And those were the guys who kind of made that team pop. And now they're gone. And they, last year they sucked. So this is going to de definitely be a hot seat year for Andy Dalton because AJ McCarron, they want a first round pick for AJ McCarron, by the way. That was what they said. They said second round. No, no, no. Give us a first round pick, which is silly for a backup. But that's how highly they value him. He is a guy who I think a lot of NFL teams are viewing as better than their current starters, which is surprising for such a low round draft pick. But, you know, played for Alabama, uh, played in a national title game. So I think he might be he might even replace an adult in the middle of the season if he struggles. That's how much that's how highly they're thinking of him right now. So, yes, he is on the hot seat. Um, love that Andy Dalton is on the hot seat. Last year, Andy Dalton, 18 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Colin Kaepernick's numbers were better than that. So let's just and on Colin Kaepernick only played in 12 games last year. Dalton got all 16. Listen, Andy Dalton's Jimmy Neutron haircut bothers me. Um, Andy Dalton is just for what he for whatever reason. I'm sorry, you're bothered by Jimmy Neutron haircut? I'm bothered by his. Yeah, yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. But he's just one of those guys. He's the definition of a middle of the road quarterback. In my eyes, Andy Dalton is a step below like a Joe Flacco, somebody who's not a bad quarterback, but he's also not a great quarterback. If you were going to start building your team, I don't think anybody's going to reach for an Andy Dalton. But also, you look at a guy who lost a lot of the weapons that he had the year prior. Muhammad Sanu went off to Atlanta to become a, a really big deal. You know, and you also lost, uh, who was the, they had two running backs. Marvin uh, Joe. Uh, was no, Joe Bernard? Sorry. Otherwise, yeah. Gio Bernard that that was that was shipped off last year too. Gio no, Bernard, no, no, no. Bernard just got hurt. It yeah. was it was Marvin Jones who went to Detroit. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. So they, yeah, they had they lost a lot of their weapons. There was a point where we talked about the Bengals being the having the best roster in football, only behind maybe the Seattle Seahawks, the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers at a point. In a few years, that's all kind of changed. A lot of that is because the the culture and. The, and Cincinnati is just one of losing, and it's one of just kind of half-assedness, which is why I'm still so conf so confused about why Marvin Lewis still has a job there after all this time. They need a change of culture. I think Andy Dalton is a fine enough quarterback to be able to move forward with because, honestly, you think A.J. McCarron is better than Andy Dalton, then we have, you have bigger issues th than that. But you look at a guy who lost a lot of the weapons that he had to play with the first time, and, you know, things, he struggled because of it. So I'm looking at a dude who can still play football. It's just a matter of getting a brand new system, a brand new coach, and and, and doing away with this old regime of Cincinnati football. All right. Out of time. We had one more, but we're not going to make it to it. Oh, for sure not. It's already 10.50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, um, so with that being said, Lynch, <laughs> you broke the streak. Look. I can't be beat three times in a row. I was on it. Yeah, I wanted to win go. this today for sure. Go. No, you were on I top of it today. Gracefully, my guy. Thank you. Well, good. it's easy to bow gracefully when you won three weeks in a row. I'm just saying. <laughs> I've been getting angrier and angrier the last three weeks, so there's been less and less bowing gracefully. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll remind you what's going on with the Fantasy Draft Party and wrap up the show. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Feels good to hear this song again, although I like the song that Rashad has as well. I actually get kind of pumped up when I listen to it. It's a great record. I start my day like that. Um, but uh, just want to remind everybody, since we got to go here soon, uh, the Dirt and Sprague Fantasy Football Party is returning 
August 23rd, 6 p.m. at Punchbowl Social at uh, Pioneer Square Mall. We are doing two leagues like we did last year, and uh, we are both looking to fill our leagues with you, the listeners. Uh, we've already got a couple of people who have committed to do it. If you are interested in, and uh, can be at the draft, now that's one requirement. you got to be able to show up to the actual draft. We need you to come kick it. Come get, grab a beer, hang out with us. Dirt and Sprague will be there. Uh, Crawford will be there. Swag will be there, et cetera. So come hang out with us. Uh, again, 6 o'clock Wednesday, August 23rd, 6 p.m., Punchbowl Social. If you'd like to play with us and then uh, try to beat us at our fantasy football genius level that we are, text in at the Bridgeport Beers text line 55305 with your full name and your email address. You can also tweet it if you'd rather do that, at Mike Lynch 27 and I will uh, add you to the list and then start sending invites out as we start the leagues. Jesse, you need to pick what league you're going to be in this year. You were in Rashad's last year. Um, you can stay in Rashad's if you'd like, or you could uh, make the switch and hop over into my league. It's totally up to you. Just do I, the I'm not going to fight over you this year. I think, you know what? I think, I think Jesse should be in yours this year. I'm not like, going to do the fighting. He did mine last year. You yeah. know, it, it, it didn't work out as well for him last year. It was still it's Doug Baldwin's good. fault. You know, I, it's all Doug Baldwin's fault. Maybe he'll have better luck. I, you know, I got made fun of last year at the draft for taking David Johnson with my first pick. And look who's laughing now. No, well, no, David Johnson was was awesome. No, my running year. backs were awesome. It's I blame it all on Doug Baldwin, who who can't start catching balls until about week ten. Well, I I I seriously, Doug Baldwin, I curse you. Last <laughs> last year we kind of fought over him. This year, I'm going to let you make the choice. I think Rashad wants you to leave the league because he doesn't want the competition. I, I think that, so, too. He knows, that, he knows that you're a great fantasy player, and he doesn't yes. want you in his league I so need, he can win again. I need again. you to go. I had the best winning streak heading into the playoffs last year, but I missed the playoffs by one game. Yeah. Just just saying. I'll just say this. If you're in my league, the, the first round is on me. <laughs> I hope you like O'Doul's, but the first round is definitely on me. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, so cool. duels, of course. Oh, yeah. Well, I, a duels would really not make me feel good. There, There is wheat gluten okay. in that. Well, I'm going to uh, get Jesse a PBR. Get sick. <laughs> and if we're really, yeah, I think no, PBR is all around. What, what am I going to say? Yeah, why Well, not? Jesse can't drink anything. With no, I, I literally, literally, I there's like four beers I can drink, and we'll be lucky if there's one of them <laughs> that's actually at the bar. This is, this is funny, by the way. I know we got to go, and this is gluten-related. Uh, but, yeah, so text the Bridgeport Beer Sex on 5305 or uh, – Shoot us a, or shoot me a tweet on Twitter at Mike Lynch 27 if you'd like to be in the league. And we got a couple of weeks to fill it, so don't don't feel like you need to do it immediately. But if you're interested, please let us know. Uh, we went up to Seattle yesterday to see my cousin. She's taking a cruise out of Seattle with her boyfriend in Alaskan cruise, and we went up for the day. She has celiacs just like you. And we went to a pizza place that we knew had gluten-free crust. And we were like, awesome, she can have she can have pizza there. By the way, best pizza I've had in the north, Northwest since I've moved here. It was called Rocco's. Delicious. Um the waiter comes up and says, she says, ask for gluten-free crust. And he goes, well, you celiac. And she said, yes. And, he, and the first thing he said is, you're going to be very sick. Ouch. <laughs> and we went, what? You have gluten-free stuff, right? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, do you cross-contaminate? No, we put it on tinfoil. We have an own separate station for it. Well, then, well, because there's flour in the air. There's flour everywhere. And, and we're like, maybe don't start with telling her she's going to get very, very sick. Flour in the air. She's been at restaurants with pizza, like flour. Like, that, that that doesn't necessarily get you sick if you have celiac disease. It can if yeah. it's really serious, but it doesn't necessarily happen. 
It's like not like she's never she hasn't touched bread since she got the disease. And we were like, maybe next time, don't say she'll instantly. The first thing, don't say she'll be very sick. Probably not the best practice. No, you just lead off with, we don't have a separate kitchen. That's that's all. You, you just got to let us know that it's it's prepped in the same area. We do have measures that we use to try to separate it, but it's the same kitchen. Then we, it's uh, eat at your own risk at that point. Well, yeah, I think, you know, it's good to tell you that there's flour in the air. Yeah. Of course there is, because there's a it's a pizza place. Uh-huh. But that's good to say it. Just don't say you're going to get very sick. I just thought it was funny. You might appreciate that as a fellow Indeed. celiac, uh, as my cousin. All right, coming up uh, next week, we will continue with the AFC North and have a lot more hot football talk for you. And we'll keep filling our fantasy football leagues as well as uh, we'll only have three days until the draft at that point. Uh, so have a very good rest of your weekend. Enjoy the cooler temperatures if you're like me. And we'll see you again next week. Omaha! 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 This one's for Pat! <laughs> <laughs>